AI and big data. Those are topics that uh, I kind of don't really like talking about, to be honest, because um, there's nothing I hate more than um, uh, hype. And um, there's nothing used much more right now than AI and, uh, and artificial intelligence. Um, and I'm probably the worst at it because, to be honest, um, I don't care that much about artificial intelligence or uh, big data. Um, what I do care about is um, great customer experiences, but even more so, what I've really come to love over time is um, just the ability um, for creators to be creative. And um, I'll let you know how that connects to what I'm doing today. But um, um, so in one way you could say, you know, what, what is Klarna and what I'm really doing here? Well, um, Klarna started off as a very simplistic payments company 12 years ago. Um, and the idea was very simplistic, that you could buy things and you could touch and feel them before you paid for them. And obviously, um, where we found a lot of traction and success early on was with fashion. Because as people started shopping fashion online, um, the ability to touch and feel before you paid made a lot of sense. Um, so for the last 12 years, I've been very, very close following um, all the e-commerce success and the fashion success online. I think I've met with, I don't know, like uh, thousands of companies, um, CEOs, like, like typical stories. Remember uh, Jarno, who was the co-founder of Nelly, uh, who for at least a period of time was a very successful fashion company here in Sweden, an e-commerce site. And when I met him first time, he was still with his mother in the basement, you know, putting packages together. That became a billion sec company just a couple of years later. Um, but obviously, through meeting all of these merchants and online merchants, I started thinking a lot, where's, where's this industry going? What's going to happen here in the future? And um, one of the things that um, I started reflecting on a lot is that when e-commerce came along, it was really driven a lot by price. People were buying things online because they were cheaper. And the experience was kind of the same. You would go into a store, put things into a basket, and then you would check out and kind of get the things at home. Um, and that was obviously probably because that's the way people kind of recognize doing it in the store, right? But as we've seen in the, in the last couple of years, um, people don't necessarily discover fashion in that way. It's not like always the most interesting to go to Zalando's page to find out about new interesting clothes or be inspired and uh, find new brands. So people started following blogs or following influencers or following Instagram accounts. Um, so the way where you discover things is not necessarily the place where you buy things. And um, what then ended up happening is that um, a lot of the classical e-commerce sites, if you think about like a Zalando, for example, they initially um, offered an opportunity to buy things online, just solving for very simplistic things like getting a package, you know, being able to buy. Um, but they weren't the great discovery place. And so all of this intrigued me um, a lot. And then, by coincidence, we ended up with AI. Because um, a couple of years ago, um, we were looking at a German company, and this German company had a very simplistic, you could say, idea. Um, the idea was that when 
you would sometimes want to do something with your bank, such as do something as boring and as simple as transfer money from one account to another, the user experience of that was really, really bad. And so what this company had did was basically create a much nicer user experience. And you would basically give your login credentials to this app, and they would log in into your bank and do a transfer for you. Now, this might sound very simplistic, but actually getting a computer to interact with a web interface on your behalf is quite hard because, as you all know, most of the interfaces that we interact with are pretty crappy. They're pretty boring and not that good, and they are surprising, and they don't always work. And the same is when a computer is trying to interact with a web page. But this created a grain of an idea within Klarna that what if your computer could really be your digital assistant? What if it could do things for you? And as we started looking into this idea, we started seeing some interesting startups, new opportunities. So for example, you might be familiar with the app List. Um, now, when you look into List as a user, it's not necessarily that exciting. It looks like a Pinterest or something. You could put things there in life. But what it actually does below the hood, it's a technology. If I create a, a list of my favorite spring fashion items, when one of my friends visit that page, the second you visit that page, the list application sends out a computer, a digital assistant, to check whether those things are still in inventory, whether you can still buy those. And next time, if you decide you want to buy those, they send out the digital assistant that takes your credit card and goes to the website and shops on your behalf. You don't even need to go to these websites, these boring e-commerce websites. You can just click buy. And what we realized with this is that if you have a digital assistant that can do things like this for you, what it means in the end is the total uh, dead of all and death of all middlemen. Because that is what it becomes. You don't need 55 layers between the creator and the designer and the actual buyer of uh, your product. Um, today, all this infrastructure, all the stores, all the e-commerce sites, everything that exists today doesn't have to exist in the world where there is a big cloud of products. You get inspired by people, and the second you see something you like, you can just buy it. To me, what this means is that a couple of years from now, just as we've read, you know, we can, a lot of you have read like in the last couple of years, some great app designer creates an app, a gaming app, and suddenly, you know, because he can sell to the whole world, because everyone today has an iPhone or an Android phone and can download those apps and pay for those apps, somebody suddenly has built like a billion dollar company on this great app. What's going to happen in the next couple of years due to this technology is that a designer say, designer in Finland is going to design a couple of jeans, and we're going to read about how they sold millions of these jeans online to anyone, uh, without any middleman, without any retail store, without anything in between. And this, to me, is the liberation of creativity. When somebody who is creative can basically, you know, be passionate about what they do, create it, and instantly offer it to the world without having to go through any middleman in between. 
And that, to me, is the big promise of AI and big data in fashion. Thank you. So, thank you for that fantastic uh, speech. Uh, I'm sure that we all enjoyed it. But I have a few questions for you, if you're okay with that. Sure. Yeah. So, one of the things that I was wondering about, because you have done some extensive work looking into the customer experience, right? So, is there anything that was really surprising to you that you found out when you started exploring some kind of behavior or... or activity that was happening that you were not expecting to find? Well, not really. I think that um, I'm a little bit boring on these things, right? I think like people just, um, what people are really looking for is just convenience, simplicity, and safety, right? And they want to save time, they want to save money. I mean, we look at these big phenomena like Uber or whatever, and they're really cool and amazing, and I'm really impressed with what they've done. But what they've really done in the end is save me some time and potentially a bit of money. So I think that like a lot of things, you know, technologies is really only there to serve us as humans to, you know, be able to focus on more fun stuff than what we have before. I still get kind of, uh, when I, since I now have kids myself, I kind of, I still can't really realize how much less my parents could have spent time on me because they had to do all the other stuff that now technology does for me, right? Yeah. So, I've, and I see the similar things in the research I've done, but uh, the power of convenience is, is really a compelling one. But the question I usually get when I'm talking about that is, how do you guard the consumer privacy? Because in order for making a lot of this happen, you need to use consumer data, yep. personal information. Well, first, there's two, two answers to that question. Um, or three, actually. The first is that Klarna is like a bank, so we have a lot of regulations and stuff. So we follow all that stuff that we have to follow. Uh, it is what it is. But th that's one thing. Then the second thing is like, where's the future going? And the unfortunate answer is, there is no privacy in the future. That's just the way it is. And there's nothing that we do with leg legislation or technology that's going to change that. We're going to live in a world where everything is... I mean. It's a little bit like going back to the Middle Ages, right? You used to live in one village and you never went out of there. And everyone, everybody knew who you were and what you were doing. We're probably going to get kind of back to that again because every, nothing is going to be anonymous in the future. Uh, I just don't think it's, I don't think it's stoppable, right? Yeah. But I also think there's a liberation in that. So there's a, an amazing piece of legislation that's going into EU right now. That's called the GDP. Yeah. And it will basically gives you as a user the ownership of your own data that's created within any service. And this is actually, people don't understand how immensely disruptive this is going to be, because if you think about it, like, you know, why do you sit with Facebook? Facebook today is a fairly crappy experience, but you sit there because, like, you have all your data there, right? And what this legislation says is that by, the qui by just clicking one button, you should be able to pull out all your data and go to someone else with the same data. So transferring between different services is totally seamless. Um, and once you establish that, like none of what we see today as successful companies, they're all about gathering as much data as they can about you as customers and then safeguarding that and trying to keep you within that ecosystem. And when you can just take your data with you and go wherever you like as a customer again, then basically that's going to drive much better services, much more competition. Um, the easiest way to compare it is actually when we back in Sweden 
uh, were allowed to change carrier phone numbers, and we didn't have to. We could change. We could take our phone number with us as a customer, and that's really how we started getting real cheap prices on calling, you know, and stuff like that. So it's like when you can take things with you and you're not confined, that creates uh, liberty and you know freedom, and that's going to drive an amazing change. So. Thank you. I'm, I'm sure we're all kind of looking forward to seeing this transformation. And Sebastian, thank you so much thank for a great speech. Thank you. Thank you.